Thank you for listening to episode 213. Why are you saying le- thank you? They're not. Oh, they just okay. got here. F- Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 213. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is writer, journalist, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. Thank you for fixing that. <laughs> well, no one would know that anything needed to be fixed unless you said something. Oh, please, Eric. There was no choice that Eric was going to use that. That was absolutely it. That was it. It doesn't matter what you do or how good it is. That was it. That was the moment. <laughs> Jess, how you doing? I'm fine. How was your birthday weekend? It was, it was, the The restaurant was, was fantastic. The hotel was a little disappointing. Really? Yeah. Is it, it used under to, new ownership? It is. It used to be the Ritz. Mm-hmm. And now it's the Whitley. But they oh, have an in- I've been there. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, they, they have an indoor pool, which is why we went there. But there were, like, dirty towels and, I, I kid you not, a dirty diaper laying on one of the chairs. Nice. And get around? I don't know. I don't know. It's leftover. Yeah, look, it's for the price that you pay for someplace like that, you would expect them to have an attendant that comes in every 30 minutes or every hour to take care of that stuff. But you also expect that the clientele is not the same clientele from a comfort inn that leaves that sort of crap laying around. Okay, so here's a question for you. Um, first of all, do you think that places like that are having workforce issues the same way that um, ever like other industries are? And if they are, should they lower their prices to accommodate the reduction in services? Well, that that is that's an interesting question. Do I think they're having workforce problems? Of course they are. Everybody is. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think they can lower their prices, but it's just it's just one of those things where client, you know, people like me expect a certain level of service at that price point. Right. And I know I sound like such a D-bag. I know I do. Yeah, it sounds super snobby. But if you're paying for a certain, I understand if you're, I mean, if you didn't want anyone to be around to be available to, you know, wait on you or make sure that those, you would stay somewhere less expensive where you were certain that that would not be a thing. I get that. And, and normally, if we go down there, we stay at the St. Regis, but their pool's outside. So we stayed at this place because, well, New York Prime was is in the parking lot. So it didn't involve a cab ride or anything else. Just walked over to, to New York Prime, which is why we stayed there. But... There's a expectation of the level of service. So my mama liked, uh, I assume is what you put on Facebook for my birthday. Well, duh. I mean. 
yeah, I, I didn't think I, I didn't think Eric was it would be that 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 thoughtful, but it was a picture <laughs> of eight year old Dave. Yeah, well, what, I had to stalk your Facebook. <laughs> there were a couple good ones though that I had to choose from. Like, I don't know, it was it was easy to to pluck some good throwbacks. Yeah, well, it was a picture of me in Montana. Uh, what were you doing there? I was at Holly Mountain Ranch, which which was a uh, which is it's still in operation. The same owners aren't there anymore, but it's a dude ranch. It was probably my favorite vacation uh, that I've ever had, where we went and we rode horses for a week. That's super cool. Um, you're probably too old, but did you do you remember the show Hey Dude? No, Hey oh Dude. My- Gosh, it was the best. It was on Nickelodeon. Um, it was. It would come on like right before Salute Your Shorts, which was a show about camp. Um, hey, dude, was awesome, and it was at a dude ranch. You understand that, when, I, that I am ten years your senior, at least. I know you probably were like watching All in the Family, and I live All Lucy. in the Family. How old <laughs> do you think I am? Obviously, too old for Hey Dude. Too old for Hey Dude. I bet you Tiffany knows what Hey Dude is. But not old (laughs) enough for... I mean, I I have seen All in the Family. I I, I am aware of who Archie Bunker is. But it was a syndication before I was was born. (laughs) Then again, I I, I watch MASH religiously. Mm -hmm. And and it it went off the air, what, 1982? I was born in 77. Yeah. That's back when, like, everyone could watch every TV show because you weren't just full Inundated of, with material, yeah. yeah it, it, well, and inundated the, with nonsense of, like, underlying messages that are clearly, like, They've gone out of their way to insert them. That's what bothers me. Like if if a, if a movie or something, if that's what your entire movie is about, and that like I'm fine with that or your show or series, but the underlying like when they go out of their way to interject a political message when it wouldn't otherwise be necessary or it's so embellished, like that's that's when I, that's when the, what did you get take away from that? What were your inferences? Crap gets on my nerves. Yeah, I will tell you, I, I'm this old. I remember uh, Reagan Mondale. Mm-hmm. I, I remember it well that, that I tracked it. But yeah, th- there were three main stations, and that was it. I mean, we had cable, and there were other things that were around, like HBO and that kind of stuff. But the the news was an hour and evening. It was you know the 6 o'clock news that came on, and it was three main stations, and that was it. So yeah. So we really don't want to harp on how bad it is to get alternative alternate uh, versions of the news, since that's what we do here. Cine Da happened last week. Thank God. Ours, ours, they call it here in Georgia, sign die. I was really pleased to see that fewer people wore seersucker this year. Um, I don't know if like the trend is dying and they're having all those lawmakers leave too. So maybe it'll be a trend that just doesn't return, but there's something about lawmakers dressed like toddlers 
running around on the house floor trying to ruin our lives the last day of session that just really doesn't sit well with me what do you have against seersucker if you're over the age i mean five is pushing it five is pushing it Yes, it is meant for baptisms and little boys who are wearing onesies on Easter. And maybe, maybe a little jacket with khakis, you know, four and five years old when you're too old for the little onesie things. But the the little male rompers, I can't remember what they're called now. It's escaping me. But Seersucker is, was not created for... Um, self-important. It, it can't hold in egos and attitudes and the actual surface area of some of those lawmakers. You can't do it. It's not possible. Well, in the song, The Guard of Allah by Don Henley, the devil wears seersucker. And his name is Jeff Mullis. <laughs> no, but so, I just, it's, I don't know. It's been a tradition for years, but I'm hoping it's one that will die. But, you know. Regardless of what they wear, um, you know, this session was one of the least worst ones we've had in a long time. I won't say it wasn't bad, but it was it was certainly not as it wasn't as bad. It was very election cycle. Uh, So what did pass? We got the flat tax. Yeah, I think this one kind of caught a lot of people by surprise, but basically they just um, are enhancing the standard deduct exemption again, and then their deduction. But um, and people are all mad because it's going to cost us money. Obviously, when you so all of the the people who are against it are saying that you know it it helps the people in a higher income bracket. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the entire point is that every it's a flat tax. Like, uh, well, yeah, I, people don't like people don't like fair. Uh, uh, there's a fair anim- animosity. Equal, equal. yes, yeah, fine, equal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that 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 the person on welfare pays the same rate as the person who's a multi-billionaire. And basically, what it does is that, like, it creates the it, it will progressively reduce the state income tax um, to 4.99% by 2029, um, which the funny part is that it's like, or later. So, I mean, (laughs) whatever. Um, The people who voted against it in the House, there were two Democrats. I think one of them was... um, it's House Bill 1437, and now it's escaping me. But I think it was Drenner and Oliver, which, you know, Lord only knows why. There were a lot, there's a lot more opposition in the Senate. It only passed 41 to 13. But um, they didn't really, like, it kind of came, I, I, well, I'll say this. I think it's hilarious how they're talking about how much it's going to cost us, like, as if the state is entitled to that money. And so we're, we're therefore, like taking from the yes, state uh, by thank not. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly where, where my, my where my mind was going was. What do you mean it's going to cost the state? Yeah, it, I mean that's everywhere. Less. Even the lawmakers who were in support of it, like Shaw Blackman from uh, Warner Robins or somewhere around there, um, he's I think he's chair now of the 
ways and means committee, but um, he was a sponsor of it in the House. And then um, Chuck Huffstetler was in the Senate. But he's like, yes, it's going to cost us more than $1.2 billion when fully enacted um, because the immediate flat tax, I guess, would be 5.49% in as of 2024 tax uh, year. Right now it's 5.75. So, I mean, we're talking about small rollbacks. I think it's great no matter what. I think it should be zero, obviously. But, you know, I, I just think it's hilarious that they're they're like, well, this is how much it's going to cost us. Well, first of all, you spent $57 billion on the state and federal budget for FY 2023. So, which when you take away the federal money, it was $30.2 billion, which is a $3 billion increase from the year prior. And all we got back for it was $250 if we are a single filer and $500 if we're joint filers as part of the budget. And all of all state employees, all the state lawmakers, all the elected officials, they all got a $5,000 raise. We And that didn't come from federal ARPA money. We're, we're handing out, We all we did was figure out ways to spend more money. And now you want to complain or articulate that it's going to cost you $1.2 billion when you've increase the budget by double that in one year? Really? Well, yes, the people that pay the most will get the most out of it. That's the point. Yeah. (laughs) How is this news to anybody? Good Lord have mercy. Well, we get school choice, HB 517, I guess. I mean, it's not like there's something new to the school choice. They just expanded the tax credit for the SSIs that's been um, it's been in place, you know, the where you can take part of your tax return money and allocate part right to a private school. And then that goes towards the scholarship thing and or whatever. Um, Of course, the opponents are mad because there is no sunset provision in it. Um, which it did have a sunset provision every year or not every year, but like every time it's come up, they've had to renew this. I think they did it maybe five years at a time. Um, sunset provisions though. I mean, as everyone knows, like, sure. I, I, I think that all tax credits and tax exemptions, when, when you've manipulated the tax code, the way that they have, I think that they should all have a sunset that cannot be renewed unless you evaluate it kind of like how um, we've talked about how like, I think it was the rule, the rural tax, one of the rural tax credits won't get a return on investment for like 75 well, years. Let me throw you a curveball. Do you think that this was put the removing the sunset rule was Republicans worried that uh, well, they may lose the governor's mansion? Yeah. I mean, that's where I was going with this. That, that's all fine and well, but like all they have to do is repeal the code section if Democrats take anything. Like all they have to do is re- Democrats just repeal the law. I don't I don't understand how this helps. Removing the sunset provision doesn't do anything but limit the amount of work you've got to do to be held accountable on the tax credit itself. I think that. You know, I don't think year over year, I don't think it's valuable to um, assess. But I think that every five years, there should be a thorough analysis of any credit or exemption 
10 years at the very most, depending on, you know, how many people are, but like these film tax credits and everything, we should get a, a full on audit every, how much you want to talk about how much it's costing. Let's talk about that. I mean, instead of talking about how much, if you don't give me, if you tax me at a lower rate, how much that's going to cost you. Well, I don't think anybody believes that Republicans are going to lose both houses. Not this time. Right. But uh, they don't think that far in advance, Jessica. Sure. So they would obviously not because they wouldn't have given so much freaking power to the governor's mansion over the last decade if they did. Right. So I think there's an expectation that Republicans may lose the governor's mansion and by extending this, uh, be, uh, making it, you know, doing away with the, with the sundown rule, the governor by you know her, herself cannot do anything about it. I'd it's rather not, lose the entire General Assembly than Governor's Mansion. Well, that's not really up. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'd rather lose every... I'd rather every dang house seat. Then give executive privilege to uh, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Now we we have the quasi anti trans legislation. Yeah, you know the whole school sports thing nonsense. The transgender girl. The thing that we talked about a little bit before, but the thing that always irked me about it is how it was just about girls' sports, like. Girls have been playing in boys' sports for a long time, and, and I understand why, but, like, that sounds like... A, the, the more I analyze it, not from a trans perspective, but from a, um equitable-under-the-lost perspective, I feel like it's just setting up um, for a lawsuit. But the, it was watered down tremendously. Um, it, it basically is just giving it up to the... Um, Georgia High School Sports Association, which is kind of who had it in the first place. They've just, there was no law, so it deferred to them. And now um, they've made it law to defer to them, which is. Which means they did they did nothing. Right. And in, in Kentucky, they just vetoed um, the governor. Well, I mean, it was a Democrat, but he vetoed the um sports bill in South Carolina just passed theirs, I think, Thursday. So, you know, it's. Uh, All right. I'm going to be an ass on this one. If you were born with a pecker and testosterone and went through puberty with testosterone, you should not be competing in girls sports. That's just the way it is. Okay, uh, well, why are we letting girls play football? Why are because, we letting girls because wrestle? Because there is, there is no girls wrestling or girls football. That's the Title IX stuff. There's, there's okay, no... Okay, but what about, what about cheerleading? You're okay with that? Man, I kind of wish I was a male cheerleader. Oh, Jesus. They, they actually, they certainly went a lot further with the cheerleaders than I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Look, it's when you start talking about physical competition, men are more athletic being born than women are. Hold on. Are you saying that you don't need athletic ability to be a cheerleader? No, you do. And, and look, more cheerleaders are, are hurt uh, doing cheer than, than football players are mm-hmm. be- because of what they do. But there is no men's cheerleading squad. There is no women's football team. So the crossover, that crossover is fine. But is when it you, fine? It doesn't bother me. But, you know, when we see the, the swimming where you have a women's bracket and you have a men's bracket and you see a, a man, obviously a man, crossing over and competing on the women's bracket, that's, that's where the problem is. There's a difference. There, there, there's a reason that there's a ladies' tee when you play golf. There's a reason that women in, in tennis compete against other women. There's a reason in MMA that women compete against women. Because a man would step in there and beat the living snot out of a woman. How do you know? Are you a biologist? <laughs> I... I have done extensive research into the female form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can tell you, y'all are different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I don't, I'm with you. I just don't think it's consistent. Like, I don't think that the justification under the law to allow certain people basically to co-mingle just because they don't have a team, like, that doesn't that doesn't seem consistent to me. I'm not against what they've done here. And, you know, they also established a committee to com- um, determine whether transgender girls should be able to compete. And that's what it will be. Um, well, it, it, in the, the example that, that we have fresh in our minds is the swimmer from, uh, I can't remember what school it is up in the Northeast. But right. dude is six foot four. Mm-hmm. Biologically still a man. And he is, he whooped the other, the women in the sport. I mean, he is built like a man because he is one. I think that brings up an interesting point, too, which is, you know, at what point in a transition, if 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 you are going to open this door, at what point in a transition do you say, OK, that's acceptable for you to be? I mean, that's just something that. There has to be a line drawn. If you're going to open this door, you got to draw a line somewhere like is it. Hormonal? Is it identification? Is it full? Is it surgical? Is it full? Is it full transition? Full lifestyle? Like every? I, I mean, because as a child, God help us, I don't want them doing that to children. But as a child, you usually don't have any of that. Well, Jenner is a is a pretty good judge of that, and he said at the Olympic level. The competition's so high that gender makes less of a difference. But he was, uh, and, I, and, I, and I know I'm using he because <laughs> mutilating a body doesn't change doesn't change your your sex. 
Um, he said at the lower levels, at the high school and the college level, the gender makes a, a huge difference. And that that's that's where gender is on it. But where is that? Is is that once you've. I mean, at what point when someone is transitioning? Well, uh, I'll tell you, it's the same thing as what we heard from Congress when uh, about porn. Uh, the difference between nudity and porn is I can't define it, but I could tell you when I see it. When I see a, a dude get into MMA, beat the just snot out of women, I, I can see it and I can identify it. When I see a swimmer who is six foot four, went through puberty as a man, and is still fully intact as a man, uh, just dominating the field, I could put my finger and say, that's it. I don't know. I mean, you, you can't you, legislate you, based off of that. Well, no, I understand. That's, that's one of the things where... Uh, I don't know either, Jess. I don't know. I mean, that's my whole thing. And that's not really for, I think, someone where you sit or where I sit to decide because, you know, I don't support. But I, I'm a blanket across the board. But I mean, it's it's the same. It's I always I brought think about this up the last time about how. You know, like it's such a conundrum because our state doesn't recognize this in any capacity. So when you're talking about a prison, it, it's a huge problem and it's dangerous for the people who are not in transition and it is p dangerous for the person who is and it's costly if they're. So my whole I say all that to say is, you know, even in that context, which you would think would be more clear because um, you're most of the time talking about adults, we have not dis we have not drawn a line to say legally this is the standard for someone who can identify as trans. Because and then and at that point we will provide these reasonable these. I mean, I don't necessarily think they're reasonable, but we will provide these reasonable um, accommodations. Well, it, it, and that's a very in interesting point that you bring up with the prisons and stuff. And I know we're way off topic, but not really though. It's dangerous to put in a biological male into a female prison, mm -hmm. especially let's use the example of, of the swimmer. He is biologically a male and is attracted to women. And I've read some of the interviews with uh, with the girls that are on the team that are uncomfortable with him being in the locker room and naked with them. Mm hmm. You know, you multiply that by 365 days of being in women's prison. He's biologically a male and attracted to women. And, you know, we're just going to take his word that 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 he that he's a girl. So that that I don't know. That's one of those things where this this world is so upside down where I, I would I would defer to, I don't know, science. So the executive director of Georgia Quality, this is what he said about all of it, because you're talking about like how to, what we should defer to and what we should base it off of. He said this is after, you know, because at first it was an outright ban and then it's just this commission or committee that's going to be under GHSA. So he said this is Jeff Graham. 
While a commission is marginally better than an outright ban, we must denounce the establishment of this oversight committee for what it is, a political attempt to score points on the backs of young people who just want to be left alone and allowed to play sports with their friends. Well, you know, I don't think that anybody should be transitioning, if you want to use that, I put air quotes around it, before 18. So when you talk about high school sports. I agree with that. Uh, you know, when you talk about high school sports, you need to compete within your space. Uh, after 18, that becomes a little more blurry because there are testosterone blockers and things like that. But you know what we don't see? We don't see female to male trans dominating a sport. You know, we don't see, you know, women having an adedictomy and going and competing in male sports. We don't see that. And this is this has been going on long enough to where we should recognize that there's a reason for that. There's a reason that that guys who decide that they're a female dominate female sports, but we don't see that with female going to male. Because there is actually a physical difference between males and females. There is. And again, I I have done a lot of research on that that subject. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not lately, not in the last 20 years. But... Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have uh, free higher education, but from Republicans. Yeah, this really irritates me. They've uh, established this grant program to, if you're close to the end of your degree, um, you can get money to finish. <laughs> like if you've exhausted all of your financial aid, because, you know, hope runs out after four years worth of courses. And so let's just say that you took a bunch of AP or not AP, um, dual enrollment classes in high school let's say you took four and then you took summer classes and then you changed your major so now you've kind of like reset the clock well you're you're on the hook for that money and so they don't want people to drop out because they say that you know it's not good for it's it's not it's a waste of the resources and then it's um you know a problem for the student because they never attained their degree well, what, while I agree that that is true, that, you know, students that and look, this happens a lot. And of course, you know this. I mean, you're you're way more learned than I am uh, that people who get two or three years in and for whatever reason, lose funding or whatever, those people tend never to 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 finish. That's true. That's their I problem. Just, I don't. This is where I'm going, Jazz. Well, I don't get there. see how it's a problem for government. Exactly, it's not a problem for government. And if they didn't accept everyone and their mother, 
into the colleges and just keep making I mean they praise the colleges every all every year higher enrollment than ever well yeah because you're letting everyone in and you're building more buildings with our money and you're putting classes online and you're just telling everyone they have to have a degree and then when they realize that they don't because they got a job or they freaking hate it because they weren't made for it because they're made to do something with their hands or in with a certificate or as an entrepreneur then you're like oh crap uh, well, look, I had a kid that worked for me who had an art degree from from UGA, mm-hmm. an art degree, and he couldn't find work, really, because you thought that having a bachelor's in art would find you work. He's like, well, for me to get any employment in, in my field, I've got to have a PhD. I'm like, well, no kidding, because the only thing you do is teach. And, and you know what I had him doing? Working in an attic. Because that's what he was qualified to do. Mm-hmm. Be- because he made the poor choice to go and get an art degree and stop at a bachelor's. Because the only thing you could do is get a PhD and go teach art. Because that- that's the only thing you could do. Yeah. And yeah. whose problem is that? You know? I mean. Right. He- exactly. You know, you're exactly right. It-, it was his poor decision to do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, look, outside of the sciences. You want to be a doctor, you want to be a nurse, you want to be an engineer, you want to be an architect. Most things don't require a degree. And I actually think it came up in my memories about getting getting a, a, a an art degree and going into banking. Because banking is not that tough. I've done it. Trust me. Uh, I mean, but they, they want a degree. They, just, they don't care what it is. They just want a degree. Yeah. There, I mean, there's certain industries that have totally um, messed up, you know, and 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 have put this pressure on the market unnecessarily, and I don't agree with that. Um, well, yeah, look, and when you went and got your degrees, and and you have a graduate degree. You were one of the few people that's actually in the field you studied, but most people aren't. People that come out with marketing degrees or, you know, working for grocery store chains or, you know, banking or whatever else. There's so many people that their degrees don't coincide with what they're doing for a living. You actually are in the field in which you studied. Not really, though. I mean, I am from this perspective. Well, I am from my my master's is in local government, but I was supposed to work for one. I was supposed to be a city manager or a county manager or a oh, nonprofit. Oh, dear God, I, I, yeah. I pity that county. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> I would be like, put all this online and let's go home because <laughs> like, let's cut everybody's job to part time. Put all of it online, redact the bank account numbers and stuff. I can just, just see. Uh, we're oh, we're going to hear from be- Jessica Salaji now. Uh, Miss Salaji, yes, I'd like you to fire me. Because <laughs> my job <laughs> is meaningless. Funny, it's <laughs> funny that you say that because I was talking to my mom about a local government not that long ago that is going to have a city manager retire. And we were joking about how funny it would be, ha, 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 for me to apply because they hate me. And um, she's like... What would you like, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't even like it. I was like, no, I would literally like go in 
organize everything because it's never organized as good as I can do it because I'm super type A and OCD. And then I would eliminate my job. (laughs) It's, I just, this is why, this is why we get along so well. So we have the election police. Yeah. This one, I almost feel like they just did this to like cause It was like, I feel like it's just a news headline catching bill. You know, they had that huge um, elections bill that went from 40 pages to 25 to two. um, And then it kind of fizzled. And then here at the end of legislative session, um, they they brought this mess that allows this new investigation unit to um, I guess it was the GBI, but to investigate fraud allegations. But I don't really understand that because if you recall um, during the 2020 election, um, they investigated several allegations of fraud at the request of both Kemp and Raffensperger whenever it was, you know, respectively requested. And, you know, first of all, I don't think the GBI is capable of doing anything. I don't think they have like, do they even know what they're looking for? Um, like you, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But second, this is an authority that they already have. So I was about to say, don't they already have, isn't election fraud already against the law? Yeah. And they literally are the agency that came in and investigated during the election that spawned all this. All right, so this is this is one hundred percent something put on a mailer. But Democrats are like, "Oh my God, how could you do this? How dare you?" Yeah. All right, so lawmakers also passed a bill creating protections against workplace harassment for city and government workers. Yeah, because I, I mean, thought harassment was against the law. Right. Again. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, it, I, call me ignorant, but I thought it was against the law to harass employees. Regardless of whether you're government or not. So we have what didn't pass. We have the changes to the medical marijuana. Yeah, this one, I don't know how I feel about this. You know, it was, they messed up the legislation so bad we talked about length i think like four or five episodes ago about how they really didn't they just did this so that because they were mad they couldn't get information about the process and the cannabis commission that they created um and so they were going to add licenses to the six that were approved because they're facing a lawsuit from i think 16 um companies of the 63 that were denied and this would have allowed the 63 that so they would have opened it up again for um, additional licenses. The 63 that applied and were denied would have been allowed to apply again without paying that exorbitant um, fee of oh, like it was $100,000. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a lot. Right. So they were that would have been in there. And then, of course, um, there were some, quote, transparency measures that would have been and reports that had to be generated to give to the legislature to update them on the goings on of this secret committee. So um, how was it that, that we called them on this committee when it was formed? 
I mean, you and I talked about it, that this this secret committee is a problem. And now lawmakers going, oh, no, uh, 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 it's a problem. Oh, hell. They they purposely removed themselves from the process. And then they're angry because they've been removed from the process. Well, and they, you know, the the funny, it's not very funny because it's taking almost 10 years to get these families um, lawful access to a medical treatment that doctors are prescribing. I mean, it's, it's absolutely abhorrent that this is happening. But um, the ironic part about all of it is that the legislature continues to be behind the ball. And so in doing so, they keep like when they made this, it was they did it because, oh, well, these sick children need it, but it's not very popular. So this will give us a free pass. We're just going to exclude ourselves from it and and go on. Well, here we are. And suddenly they not suddenly, but the tides have evolved, continue to change. They've the position as a state, I believe, on marijuana has continued to evolve and people are less opposed. There's less opposition. It's it's not as unpopular as it was. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, crap, we want to be the champions of this, but we don't have any say in it. So what do we do? So they keep trying to change it, but they're always behind. Meanwhile, all these people, um, well, the select people, the 20,000 people or so can't get their medicine. Um, the rest of you, you know, you're SOL anyway, but it's just all, it's so effed up and Gloria Butler is to blame. We may actually get marijuana reforms on the federal level before our state gets their dogs, uh, their ducks in a row. And not only that, but we might get, um, like, we might get the whole kit and caboodle at once. Like by the time we can get CBD oil, low THC cannabidiol oil that they, you know, this long drawn out term they use to make it sound more medical than it is. We might get that when we get recreational, just because that's how long they're making. This should have been from, it should have been when they did Haley's hope in 2014, 20, well, it didn't pass in 2014 in 2015. It should have been, um, Included, We should have had a mechanism like and instead they've just done this piecemeal approach and we still literally have nothing except a license, a, a board to track. Oh, God, it makes me so mad when I actually mean, think about it. All we, we still have parents who are having to buy this oil across state lines to become drug traffickers because there's no mechanism in Georgia. Right. But we've created a database where all these people who are doing that are known to the state, which is like worse than them not knowing, because at least if you're getting it from the black market, you ha- you run the risk of getting caught or whatever, but they don't know you're doing it. We created a database and we maintain a database and we tell these people they have to be on it and there's no protections and there's no privileges for being on it, but you're on it. And so we know what you're doing, but you don't get any benefits. Good luck. Sorry, the state. It also it also hurts you in the forty four seventy three, uh, and that's yeah. the the form you you fill out to buy a firearm, because there is a question on the forty four seventy three. Says, are you an illegal user of marijuana? Yeah, just get someone else to buy your guns for you. It's better that way anyway. That's called a straw purchase, Jess. My bad. <laughs> so we have a ban on mail order abortion. 
buy them privately. Yeah, so this didn't pass, obviously. Um, in the Senate, they... Um, we talked about they want to regulate the postal service like it was so they be and they wanted to require women to have in-person exams with an ultrasound, which is more. Well, you have to have an under current law, you have to have an ultrasound, but you're not like there's certain things that you it's like a procedural thing. You're not required to do certain things with it or all that. They wanted to make basically make it so if you had the medicine and not a surgical abortion that the they would be the same. But then I guess I didn't know this part un- until this past week. I guess during COVID in the Biden administration, they rolled back some telehealth regulations to allow people to, I guess, doctors to have a telehealth appointment and prescribe the, the medicine via phone or computer and, um, that is what the state Republicans were trying to address specifically because they felt like it was the access was too easy that you should have to physically go to a doctor. Um, the ironic part about that is not only so, you know, the opposition to it regulating the post office is that um, you are also trying to override a federal regulation which I don't agree. I mean, I totally am a state sovereignty person, 10th Amendment all day long. But like we talked about before, if you're going to do it on this, do it on everything. Well, I assume we're talking about RU486, uh, the morning after pill. No. No? So those are two different. I mean, RU486 is, it's called my, my preferment, I'll tell you the name in a second, but RU486 is the abortion pill and morning after pill, while some Republicans classify it as an abortion or pro-life people do as an abortion mechanism, I guess, the morning after pill can only be used up to like 48 hours after. And so, and that's already over the counter at drugstores and online and Right. Well, so, it, yeah, it's it, it's OTC. I mean, it's I don't know, man. Uh, first of all, the state does not have the authority, as you're saying, doesn't have the authority to regulate what goes to the mail. I mean, it's I, I, I don't know how they would do it. So moving on, speaking of gambling with your life, uh, gambling. Ha ha ha. Didn't yeah, make it out of didn't rules. Make out of, they didn't make it out of the House Rules Committee, which I think is funny because, you know, Ron Stevens is a state representative and bless his heart. He's been trying for since as long as I've known his name to get, you know, he, he proposes a, these giant, these massive overhauls. And then he at the very end, he's like, OK, fine. Can we just have horse racing or can we just have sports betting? Can you give me something? And every time they're like, nope, sorry, buddy. Peace out. And um, so it didn't make it. So I was quite pleased about that. Well, that's because Jesus hates gambling. Um, Jesus hates gambling, state-sanctioned and regulated gambling. That's what Jesus hates. You know, it's like the old adage, government, you know, how many guns would it, you know, or what would Jesus say about it or whatever? And they're like, well, he obviously didn't have enough because his government still took him out. I mean. Well, the lottery is way more unfair than a casino is. 
casinos Why? have have you know payout limits. Like they have to pay out so many times uh, uh, per you know it, it's done on a percentage basis. And I, and look, I am not saying I want a casino downtown Atlanta. Not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that what the government does is ten times worse than what casinos do. Because casinos, you know, oddly enough, are fair. And the, and the lottery is not. So you have cash bail reforms. Yeah, this one was one that I think Democrats, well, a lot of people lobbied against it. But um, this was good old Randy Robertson, FOP president. Remember, don't join the FOP, join the PBA, um, just because of Randy Robertson. But he's from Columbus, he was the one who wanted to make it so that anyone arrested for a felony had to post cash bail um, before they could be released from jail. The argument was that it would have made a lot more people um, have to stay there before they can get out because they'd have to have the means to pay cash or post property. Um, We already like last year and the year before we already, I guess, broadened the, the offenses, like they they included stalking, um, an aggravated assault, I think one or a component of that, and a couple others. They already so they already like took ones with victims um, and 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 violence and made it so that you had to post something of the sort. But this would have expanded to all felonies, you know, identity theft. Uh, Possession. Right. Drug. All drug. I mean, yes, for sure. And so no one's going to win by making blanket laws like that. Only a former cop who thinks that his job in life was to protect everybody from everybody and themselves would come up with an idea like this. But thankfully, they killed it. So it is quite dead. So we have farewells. Yeah, well, we talked about all the people that are leaving, um, which, woohoo. Um, and Calvin Smyre, who was the freaking Democrat everything, he was every position in the House because he's been there for 40 years. Um, he's leaving because he's been appointed to be, I guess, like the ambassador to the Dominican Republic. I don't know. It was announced like last year and I thought he was leaving effective immediately, which I mean, I don't necessarily agree with. But when you've been there 40 years, it's not a day too soon. Um, So I guess he spared us the special election. But um, yeah, he's going Biden appointed him to something. Four decades. 40 years. Yeah. 20 September 22nd, 2021. He announced he was going to nominate him as the United States ambassador to the Dominican Republic. What his, um, he was the Dean of the house for the minority, which I, I don't how know do what I, that means. How, how do I get that gig? Cause the Dominican ambassador. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, how do I get that gig? I mean, it, really, we don't have any ill will with, with Dominican. So it's not, the job's pretty cush. I lied. 47 years. 47 years. Almost five decades. Almost as long as freaking Joe Biden has been in elected office. No, not quite, but almost well, as long as I... that's what I meant by I, almost. Almost as long as I've been alive. And I'm how, old. How old are you? 45. 
Okay, well, 45 is more or is less than 47. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you for the math lesson. Well, well you said almost as long as I've, you've been alive. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sitting here like, this Common Core? Snothead. <laughs> so, mm. we have Jeff Mullis also. Woohoo! Yes, I'm so excited. I don't care who. I mean, I obviously want Colton Moore to win, but um, just because he will. God, somebody who votes no in the Senate would be like freaking Paul Revere. But um, I'm just glad Jeff Mullis is leaving. Like, it just. Mm. His name's come up several times on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, he sucks. Yeah, as I'm saying, rarely in a good way. Oh, by the way, these are our opinions. Oh, yes, yes, yes. These are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, Micah's leaving. Yeah. I mean, five years ago, I would have told you that was a loss. <sighs> I think there's a I think there's a time. Uh, there's an egg timer of, of when you get up there. That, you know, I know you're not a big fan of of term limits, but I, I think there's I think I think three terms is it. I think after three terms, something, you know, something bad happens. Mm-hmm. If Micah was an egg, he would be like when it's all crumbled and stuff because you boiled it too long. Yeah. And, and look, Micah's a friend. Uh, he. He got too narrow-minded on what he wanted to accomplish. He did get fairly myopic with the with the weed stuff, and he and for po- what? What does he have to show for it? I mean, well, that's true, and you know he pushed so hard. And, and look, Mike is a true believer in the medical marijuana stuff, a true believer, and, and uh, I think that gets to be problematic up there too. When you get so myopic in that I'm, I'm going to push this through in any form I can get. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, we are in the same place we were 10 years ago with medical marijuana is that, you know, you're not going to be arrested, but there's no way to get it legally. I'm just saying he compromised on a lot of other stuff. And he doesn't really have, like, Alan Peake. Okay, so I don't necessarily agree with, well, I don't agree with most of his career, but he died on the sword of medical marijuana, and he is the reason that the ball even moved at all. Um, and that the conversation got started. He brought that to light. And he was, and he was willing to compromise everything for it, and then he left. Micah... He hasn't done... He's leaving after compromising everything, and I don't know. I just... I, I, mm, he gave up a lot for it. Yeah, and I, I I really think that's the problem with becoming myopic with stuff is... in in We talked about it last week with the... Uh, uh, we were talking about the, the uh, permitless carry is... In the Senate, you have you can be a lot more issues driven because there's not that many of you. In the mm-hmm. House, 
in order to get something, you have to give something. It is dirty. And it's absolutely filthy up there. So to get something by the speaker, and look, Ralston, Ralston's a dirty SOB. In order to get something by him, you have to give something. And uh, I hate it. But that's the, that's the way it works up there. It will, yeah. it will continue to work like that as long as we have Ralston as the speaker. It will continue to work like that as long as people don't stand up and talk about it. They all hate it. They all are like, gosh, I sure wish it wasn't like this. And then when it's time to vote for a speaker, they're like, yes, speaker, we bow to you. Thank you for your honorable service. Like, it's the most ridiculous thing. Keep letting those child molesters off. I mean, it would be so easy to fix. You literally just don't vote for him as speaker. One time, one vote, all of you. Never again. Yet here we are. So, I mean, I don't really feel bad for them. It's not them I feel bad for. It's us. Uh, well, hell yeah. But stop electing them. Elect some people who won't vote for him as speaker. Well, there you go. But uh, the ones who don't are, are shown the door. Matt Gertler. I mean, it got so bad with Matt up there that... It, Anything with his name on it was dead on arrival. Yeah, but if everybody does it, it doesn't matter. And, and look, I'm not banging on Matt. Matt's a uh, is Matt's brought on the show. He's a super good guy. He's he's a principled man. But as, as soon as he stood up against the speaker, everything he put his name on was dead. Because that's the way the speaker works. He doesn't just punish you. He punishes your district. And then he funds people to run against you. Because Ralston has so much damn money. All right, Jess. It's time for closing thoughts. Mine is about Newt the Flipper. Um, last week, I don't really know. You know, Vernon Jones left the gubernatorial race because his daddy told him to. And so he did. And he's running in the 10th Congressional District. Which is where um, Jody Heiss is, and obviously Jody Heiss is leaving to run for Secretary of State, blah, 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 blah. Well, Vernon Jones is running against a bunch of people, including Mike Collins, who was endorsed by um, Newt Gingrich, gosh, like really early in the race because um, Collins announced early because he ran initially when Heiss ran and they were in the runoff. So like the, the district, even though it's changed a little bit now with redistricting, they know Mike Collins Newt endorsed him. He actually knows Mike Collins because of Matt Collins, his dad, the congressman, yada, yada, yada. Well, <laughs> last week, um, he put a video out saying, I'm delighted to announce my support. This is, this is after he endorsed Mike Collins. He said, I am delighted to announce my support for Vernon Jones for Congress. Um, he's the kind of legislative experienced person who can get things done, which is an incredible endorsement considering he doesn't vote. But yeah, he, he doesn't show up. Yeah, we need leaders like Vernon Jones. So I guess we need. Well, I'm not going to go there because it's the end of the show and we don't have a lot of time. So he didn't say anything. Um and then 
then like right after that, they came out and said, oh, just kidding. Um, we, we do support Mike Collins and we just had some junior staff guy prematurely announce the endorsement of Vernon. We, we don't mean it. The video was produced and, and released without final approval. It had not um, been thoroughly vetted to ensure there were no conflicts with Speaker Gingrich's prior commitments. OK, well, um, here's the thing. When you're saying it on video, you are saying it on video. So like you obviously and did endorse him. You just didn't do your research to know who he was running against, which I mean, I'm not like Newt was fine back in the 90s, but I think he's super stale and his his exp expiration date for political relevancy was many moons ago. Um, but he just totally made himself. I mean, if you don't know who you're in, in who you're this just t tells everybody that he endorses people because they ask him to and he looks at them on an individual basis. He doesn't compare them against other people in the race, which is what we demand voters do. Um, and so I just felt like it should be shared wide, far and wide. And he's the loser of the week, too. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, Newt has always been very gracious to me every time I've met him. He is gracious, uh, but... He's, he was super, super sweet to me. He was super sweet to Connie when uh, when she's run into him. Um, but yeah, the, this this was a this was a misfire for sure. I'll say. Oh yeah, I mean, hey. <laughs> I mean, and then and then the poor staffer gets blamed. Like poor fella. Saying we I, didn't, uh, he didn't get final approval. Well, he's probably like, well, we recorded this video. Uh, look, uh, Gingrich is is responsible for what he says. Uh, it, it, the fact that yeah, I didn't get final approval for the video to go out doesn't mean you didn't say it, jackass. Right. And like I said, I, I, Newt's always been super gracious to me. Uh, you know, I, but I, you're probably right that his time has passed. Mm-hmm. I am right. Go, go ahead. Go retire. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I got a, I got a, uh, big compliment this week. Uh, uh, a customer that I've known for, ah, man, six, seven, eight years, whatever. I moved out, you know, moved out of Georgia, moved back, but she had an issue, uh, she's buying a house. That's an older house. And she said, you know, I, I don't know. I need, you know, I need someone I can trust and I trust you. So it, that was a, a huge compliment for me. That was a huge compliment for Dr. Cool. Just to have somebody say that, that, you know, we're the people that she trusts. And, sure. and, it, and, and it meant a lot. So th that was that was my bonus of last week was was, you know, having somebody say that it verbalize you're the person I trust. And that that meant a lot. So. On, on, I actually ended on a positive, unlike most weeks. So well, the legislature's out, so we ended on a positive by default. Boom. Now and now, you can say thank you. The <laughs> the taxpayers of Georgia are now safe. So for Jessica Salaji, my partner in this endeavor, for Eric Cumby, who takes the audio we send them and turns it into something that you can listen to. I'm Dave Roberts. We'll talk to you next week.
me hollering at the moon.